The Southern Middle Tennessee Prep Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West, Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.com. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. It is today, and it is, in fact, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. Right here. Coming to you live from the Lee Company Studio in West 7th in Columbia, Tennessee. Glad to have you with us this morning down in Franklin County on WZYX. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us and being so gracious, so gracious. Um, it's going to be a good day today as, as it has been, it's really been a good day all week outside of our brief issues on Monday. <laughs> We've had a good, had a pretty good week. Uh, so, how are you guys doing this morning, Coach Mike and Mo? Uh, doing fine. If my computer will sit here, okay, it's finally stabilized a little bit. Good. Yes, doing well. <laughs> doing well, doing well. Mo, what's up? How, how you much, feeling? man? Just another day in paradise. I'm good. I'm good. Just another day in paradise. That's a good Phil Vassar song. Check that one out. <laughs> Oh, man. Got a great show lined up for you today. We are seven minutes past the top of the hour with one of the best shows that we've we've set up for you this week. And mainly because we have a lot of championships to talk about and great high school sports. But also, uh, we get a chance to visit with a couple folks who are near and dear to the show and really excited to talk to uh Dallas Steele who will get us up to date on the track and field situation over at Columbia Central um they've got a bunch of kids apparently making their way towards spring fling and yes, it'll be nice to catch up and figure out just where they are on that path and how many of them cuz We've seen some information. We've not necessarily been made privy to it, but anyway, we'll catch <laughs> up. We'll catch up with him and figure we'll get, it all out. Yeah, we'll get some information, and and you'll want to be listening because it's kind of wild. Uh, <laughs> of course, we'll talk about the Braves and whatever uh, <laughs> in hour two, but we'll also speak with Dewan Brazelton, a former major league pitcher who 
we're hoping to get some insight on how how he feels how some things should have been handled yeah. as opposed to how they have, have been? been handled yeah uh, and, and as it you know in regards to Ronald Acuña Jr and that entire situation uh and the Titan schedule came out last night so there's a lot to unpack in this show and we only have a finite amount of time so there's that a uh, couple of couple of big news in high school um We'll go ahead and get to this one first because it does involve our friends in Franklin County is they have a brand new softball coach down there. Yeah. Um, Kelly Kennedy, who spent the past two seasons at neighboring Grundy County, played her collegiate ball both at Illinois, Chicago, and at Tennessee Tech, not at the same time. Um, she's been named. That would have been impressive. That would have been impressive. That's a heck of a commute. <laughs> um she will succeed Mike Holt as softball coach of the Rebelettes. Um, again, Illinois native, played at UIC and then at Tech. Um, Tech won a 2015 Ohio Valley Conference championship while she was playing there. Um, again, she has been at Grundy County for the past two seasons, according to the release distributed by the school. Grundy County went 1-16 this past year. And Oof. and they did not actually play in 2020 because Corona. They didn't even get like the five games in that everybody else yeah, got. They yeah. just the, didn't play. Yeah, lost year. So, um, Kelly Kennedy, new softball coach at Franklin County. That should be interesting. Seems we're getting a lot of new softball coaches and getting a lot of new coaches, coaches period, in general in a lot of places yeah not here but in a lot of other places uh so with that news that's that's pretty big and hopefully we may be able to to grab her and get her on on a tuesday or a thursday so that we can talk with them and yeah that would be nice if we could get her insight into that move and that kind of thing. Maybe um, maybe Al Clark or somebody down there can round up a phone number for us. Yeah, be nice. Um, other high school news, kind of big news, really. Uh, the National Federation of High Schools voted to allow states and state associations to adopt a shot clock if they so choose and I will just go ahead and bring up John Wilde's Twitter because he did tweet something about it what did he tweet uh, he just said here we go TWSAA um, he is for it and there's that. Um, Chad Hall responds to the tweet. Serious question. He's not against it, but how many of us have been put in really bad situations due to score clock operator error? <laughs> now, I don't know how many there are, but I will. The answer is not none. 
But I will say this. If you paid for a TWSAA official to run your clock instead of having a coach or a parent or somebody else do it, that would probably happen less often. But that's neither here nor there. And I say that as my dad was a clock operator sanctioned by the AHSA for 25 as, years. As you have a governing body that has expressed concern with the dwindling number of officials to start with, and now you're going to say, let's get officials to run the clock? There are a lot of people who cannot be on the floor who could run a clock, i.e. That many? I.e. my dad who that has many? several people. Who has several palsy? Uh, I, I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. My question is, do you have that many? How many 60-year-olds who can't run up and down the court would much rather sit at the clock and make $30 a game for three games? The shot clock is a bad idea at the high school level, period. Okay, well, that's not what we were talking about. We were well, talking about the game clock, but no. yes. Uh, well... <laughs> Moving to that point, yes. Okay, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you because there are people who have to run it. You have to, which they do have sensors, by the way, uh, according to Greg Tips anyway. So this is where this was the next part. Greg Tips is indifferent. Uh, same people, same schools will continue to win. Most of the time, positions never get past 30 or 40 seconds anyway. I have heard the clocks can come with sensors on the rims to reset the clock, but there will obviously be misses with that too. My addition to the conversation was this. As you pointed out with the official situation, you're now adding an additional duty to one of the officials to pay attention to the shot clock for shot clock violations. Officials that you already don't allow to decide whether the ball has been released or not before a charge. At the high school level, a charge automatically negates the bucket regardless of when the contact took place. Yeah. So now, you, like you said, you're asking them to figure out whether the ball got away before the clock went off on every possession or every possession that gets close to the shot clock. I mean, this is bad on so many levels. Um, as soon as you texted me that last night, I just started shaking my head, and I have been continuously ever since. <laughs> ever since. <laughs> I don't. I don't love the idea of a shot clock. I, I like. I'm sorry. I like the idea of a shot clock. I don't like all of the problems that a shot clock produces. And it produces more than it solves. One hundred percent. Because, as Greg Tip said. Most of the time, possessions don't get to 35 or 40 seconds anyway. If you can get kids to play that style of ball, you should be able to play that style of ball. And the thing that has always stuck out to me in this discussion is that at the high school level, you don't always control the talent that comes in your door. And if that's the way you need to be able to play to give your kids a chance to win, and as a high school coach, that's your charge. Give your kids the best chance to be successful. And if that's what it takes, you should be able to do that. 
And if you're able to milk a minute off the clock without turning the ball over, <laughs> you should be able to do that. And if you don't want a team to stand out there and hold the ball at half court, get out and play man-to-man. Stop sitting back in zone. Go guard. There, that's where your shot clock comes in right there. You want to dictate the pace, get out on somebody. The shot clock, quote-unquote, is the closely guarded situation. That is that is how you – That's how you speed somebody up. That's how you up. speed somebody up. Now, that being said, officials – have got to learn how far six feet is because it's a long way. <laughs> and if you don't know how far six feet is and you don't start the count when somebody's within six feet, that's a problem. That is where the issue comes in for the defense because now they've got to get up in somebody's face and maybe get beat on a dribble. But if I'm at six feet, I can I can play defense at a at a at a regular pace. Okay, now there's your next question. Is six feet really closely guarded? It is by the rule. Well, I'm, that's my problem. But the in, but but officials aren't enforcing it. And yes, six feet is pretty close. I mean, from the how far are we apart right now, at this moment? This is about six feet. That's not closely guarded. I mean, by rule, that is, but. But that's how you negate. That's the compromise between a shot clock and not. I'm not a. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I am for or against either way. I don't. It doesn't really. I'll matter. tell you, I'm against. I I don't really care. I'm I'm like tips. I'm indifferent. But if we're not going to have the shot clock, learn how to officiate. The closely guarded situation. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's not like we're seeing an outbreak of 24-21 ball games. Well, we see a lot of 30 scores, and that's not because of the shot clock. No. That's because. <laughs> no, it's not. And that's even in AAA ball. I mean, we see a lot of 38-32s. But, again, it's typically not because of a shot clock. It's issue. not because somebody's holding the ball, no. Right. Oh. That's – I don't know whether or not you're going to see a shot clock in Tennessee. I don't think you will. I don't think you will. For a number – you know, you have to put – you have to install two shot clocks in the gym for one thing. So, you've got a financial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you've got to come up with somebody to run the shot clock. Yep. It's um, a whole it, thing. It, it absolutely is. And that's before, you know – any game prep regarding the shot clock comes into play. I, I don't think you're going to see it. Maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. I don't think you will either. But that's neither here nor there at this point. We'll make that. We'll <laughs> Says talk the guy about who brought it up. <laughs> we'll talk about whether or not Tennessee does or doesn't when they make that decision. Uh, it'll probably come up this summer if I had to guess. You know, to be honest. Just like the four classes that everybody clamored for until they got it. Mm. And already we're starting to hear folks that don't like it. And they haven't even played one yet. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I say we're not going to get a shot clock, wouldn't surprise me if we do. <laughs> Just because, you know, I think you're going to hear from a vocal minority 
on this that will be enough to somehow get it through and then everybody will realize how bad an idea it is jennifer mcdonald i, I won't say i won't say i told you so though Jennifer uh, McDonald Kennedy agrees with you. She's never seen a high school game that needed a shot clock. The beauty of basketball is the fact that you can change the pace. Different teams have strengths and weaknesses and uh, force one and shouldn't force one way of basketball. Uh, Jay Chapman says, we need instant replay. <laughs> so just keep adding stuff. I, I got nothing. All right, we got to take a quick break. But before we do, mm. let's give you today's short rundown. This is The Rundown. Today's Rundown is brought to you by Barry B. Coble with Crest Point Wealth Management. She offers personalized wealth management strategies for clients based on where you are in your financial journey. Go see Barry at Crest Point Wealth Management at 700 North Main Street right here in Columbia. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member, FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Crest Point Wealth Management and Cambridge are not affiliated. I'm so glad you do that, Reed. Uh, in Wednesday baseball action, the 8 AAA tournament completed yesterday with Lincoln County defeating Lawrence County 3-1 in the championship game. In 11 AAA, Independence six-seeded Independence with an 18-4 win over Dixon County for the district tournament championship. In that's okay. how they got there. Yeah, okay. Um, prior to that Independence-Dixon County game, Dixon County defeated Franklin 3-2 to to advance to the championship game. In the 12A finals, Loretto defeated Summertown 14-9. In the 8A softball tournament, it was Huntland 9, Eagleville 3. Moore County eliminated Fayetteville with a 4-3 win as well. 11 AAA winners bracket softball summit, a 1-0 winner over Dixon County. In the losers bracket, it was Franklin edging Spring Hill in 10 innings, 1-0, and Brentwood a 3-2 winner over Page. In the 12 AA tournament, it was Nolensville 4, Marshall County 3, and in Division II Middle Region, it was Columbia Academy 7, Good Pasture 1 for that championship. In girls' tennis action on Wednesday, Anna Claire Butt and Hallie Butterfield of Columbia Academy won their region quarterfinal match against Clarksville Academy. Uh, we don't know who the doubles team was there, but they won 6-2, 6-3 before losing their semifinal match to University School of Nashville. They will play in today's Consolations at 3.30 at Old Fort in Murfreesboro. And today's schedule, 8A softball. At 5.30, it's Eagleville and Moore County in the loser's bracket finals. The winner will take on Huntland at 7. I assume that's both at Huntland. I don't know. Uh, The 10A softball championship will be at 5.30 with Richland taking on Mount Pleasant. That is at Mount Pleasant in the if necessary game to follow that if necessary. Yeah, Mount Pleasant would have to win that early game to force the second game. Correct. And in boys soccer action tonight, eight AAA finals at Columbia Central at 7 o'clock at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Shovelville comes to town to take on the Lions. And that is your Thursday Rundown, brought to you by Barry B. Coble at Chris Point Wealth Management. All right, when we return, it's Columbia Central track and field coach, Thalas Steele. So stick around. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Should be fun. 
When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, and the illustrious potentate, Coach Mike Lyle, with you here on this Thursday edition of the show. Coming to you live from the Lee Company studio right here in Columbia on West 7th. And it's a beautiful day outside. Uh, but as Mo likes to say, it's deceptive. It's deceptive. <laughs> Deceptively beautiful outside. I mean, you know, it's going to get better before it gets worse. <laughs> so it's going to get better today and then it will get worse because that's springtime in Tennessee. You know, it's football time. Yeah. Oh, it's weird weather time in Tennessee. I'm a little surprised that it hasn't kind of warmed up for good yet because typically this time of year it, it has maybe the next week if hopefully at least the following week <laughs> the following week yeah i don't really want to be bundled up for spring flings i do not yeah. I, I agree speaking so, of spring fling yeah let's tell you first that this segment is brought to you by our friends at zion christian academy Zion Christian is hosting um, tours as we speak. So feel free to get yours while you can. Visit zioneagles.org. That's zioneagles.org. And visit them today. You can always uh, tell them that Jennifer McDonald Kennedy said that uh, she sent you, so. <laughs> um, so now on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, we have Columbia Central track and field coach Thallus Steele. And, Coach, we appreciate you coming on with us today to talk a little bit about 
your upcoming postseason. And so we appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I'm glad you guys uh, were able to get me on here. We're glad we were able to get you on, too, between workouts and the like. Um, Coach, we have not really done a very good job keeping up with track and field in general and the postseason in particular. Where are you guys right now? Well, right now we are uh, finishing up getting ready for state. So we've had subsectionals and sectionals. So right now the kids are just conditioning, getting getting ready for the big meet. Okay, so so the next thing for you all is the state meet. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Who all do you have going? Uh, we have uh, freshman Kyla Rowling. She's going in the triple jump. Uh, we also have our well, no Roni Bailey. He's a junior. Roni Bailey also played basketball. Mm-hmm. He's going in the triple jump. And then we have Lillian Moore, our sophomore. She's going in the pentath and uh, the pentathlon. And the 100 hurdles and 300 hurdles. Okay. And and then um, you got a long jumper as well. Is that right? Well, no. Roman did not get to make it this year. So oh. We had a little bit of a yeah. We had a little bit of an injury on his uh, on his hamstring at sectionals uh, at subsectionals. So uh, we just went ahead and pulled him, and so he could get ready for college and. Just, just get into recovery mode and get ready for the next level. Wow, that's I know that's got to be disappointing for, for the entire program and for him after the performance that he put up at the grade eight a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, we were really looking forward to it. We were. Um, what's, what are his prospects collegiately? Uh, right now, he's um, uh, Lee University has um, uh, made him an offer, also Talladega, in Alabama, mm-hmm. and then he's also gotten some interest from a shorter university. I would say those would be his top three um, that are looking at him for track and field right now. Okay. okay. Um, how, how is that ham coming along? Oh, he's coming along good. He's uh, on the bike rehabbing. Uh, we'll start doing pool workouts. So it, it really wasn't, um, I would say it was about a grade one uh, strain, so it wasn't major, but uh, he did not want to risk it pulling any further. So uh, I agreed with him. I said, well, let's just go ahead and call it a day and, and let's just get ready for your college level because we know he's going to be special when he gets uh, to that next level. Now, he qualified for state both as a freshman and sophomore. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. And then lost his junior year, obviously, as did everyone. Um, wow. That's um, that's tough. But, you know, the, the three-event qualifier that you have there, um, tell us a little bit more about um, Ms. Moore. Yeah, Lillian, uh, she's uh, been a great surprise uh, to the team. So she, of course, missed last year. would have been her freshman year. I knew she was special then. Uh, she came in more mid-distance, distance, but uh, we were just doing some jumps one day, and I noticed she had some pretty good fast-switch muscles. So I said, uh, let me see if I can get her on the pentathlon. So uh, we started conditioning this year, uh, getting ready for hurdles and the shot putt, long jump. And uh, she went out and rocked it at uh, at sub. Well, no, at sectionals. I think we were out at. I can't remember the school. That's been a, been a little bit of a while in April, but she ended up finishing second. So she went from fifth place to second place um, on the last event on the 800 meter. So she uh, secured her a spot to go to state back in April for sectionals for the pentathlon. And then she's just been rocking the hurdles ever since then too. Now, was that before or after the grade eight? Because she went down there and performed well also. 
Yeah, that was actually before the grade eight. Yeah. All right. Um, and then um, Roni, now, how long has he been participating in the triple jump? Uh, this is his first year. So this is his first year doing track. Uh, coach Campbell uh, sent him to me. Uh, his <laughs> basketball coach, yeah, he said, Coach, I got a guy that I think you're going to love on your team. And I said, well, send him on. So we were probably about uh, two or three weeks already into the season and conditioning. And I said, if he's a good kid and he's solid, I said, I'll definitely take him in the program. And so he, he's coming. He's a, a great runner. Um, a good. He's been a great leg on the one and two hundred. And then, uh, but he's a pure jumper too. He he he's gifted, and uh, so just being able to give him some technical stuff to go along with it. He uh, he's high jump. I think he's clear. He's clear five ten on high jump this year. Did a nineteen ten on long jump, and then a forty two on his triple jump. So he's excelling in all three jumps, and uh, the triple jump is showing to be his better jump this season. And where where did he finish in the triple at the sectionals? At sectionals, he finished fourth. Okay. And the top four advance, is that right? Right. Okay. Right, top four advance. So hopefully we can get him on that podium. He's about a couple of feet away. Uh, if we can get him to 44, which we have you know, about two and a half weeks of training, I really think we can get him there with a little bit more uh, work on the technical side. Okay. Okay, and then you mentioned one other young lady who is, is going on for you as well. Yeah, yeah, Kyla Rowland. She actually, uh, she finished ninth in the pentathlon, so she did very well, uh, competed in April as well. And then uh, for Kyla, it was just really finding her uh, the right event. So I knew she was a jumper. She loves jumping and bounding. So I was like, well, that's, and she's a volleyball player too. So volleyball players tend to be uh, well-versed from bounding from either foot. So I said, let's see if she can triple jump, because generally that translates well for volleyball players. And it, it, it worked out for her. So she went out. I really taught her triple jump in a week. So she was very quick, quick learner. And a lot of the drills we do kind of got into it anyway. But she ended up finishing fourth at sectionals to qualify her for state. And she's going to be in the same boat as uh, Rona. If she can get about two extra feet, we work on some more technical. She should also be able to make podium too. That is some promising information uh Thallus and we we know that you can certainly train these folks up because it's what you do um <laughs> tell us a little bit about Mid-South Five and what you're doing over there oh man uh working every day here man so I have a I have a location here in Columbia I'm here Tuesday and Thursday and then I, I have a Frank, uh, Franklin location I'm there Monday Wednesday Friday but what I do is I do private groups uh, in the morning, and then I do private one-on-one clients throughout the day. So uh, I'm in here pretty much training everybody. Everybody's an athlete to me. So from my mom to my dad, and then I have uh, some of my college athletes that still at a home now that I train and, and keep them going till they return uh, back to school. But it just stays busy. And then coaching is kind of just a passion and, and my community service and love. So it makes it a long day, but it's, a, it's good. I enjoy it. We appreciate your your uh, sponsoring Top 5 Tuesday with Mid-South 5 Fitness. How can folks find you on social media? Uh, they can find me at Mid-South 5 Fitness and also my business, Steel Athlete. That's kind of my moniker I go by for the people I train. So um, they can find me on Instagram. That's usually the main um, social media platform I'm on. Um, and also, of course, Facebook. 
but if you follow me on Instagram, that's really the one that I'm on. I'm kind of old school. I can't do them all. I do a little bit of <laughs> Twitter, but mostly Instagram. So Mid-South Five Fitness and Steel Athletes. We're on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Columbia Central Trek and Field Coach Thallus Steele, also proprietor of Mid-South Five Fitness, um, again, in Columbia and in Franklin. Um, Thallus, I got a text from Murray County Public Schools Athletics Director Chris Pointer a couple of weeks ago um, wanting to get some track and field folks from the Columbia Central Cluster I guess for lack of a better phrase, to talk about facilities or lack thereof for track and field. And, um, you know, for what you guys have to work with, the fact that you have advanced three athletes into state competition here in a couple of weeks is is pretty impressive. Just kind of let folks know what it is that you are working with as far as that goes. But we are working. Well, we work at Columbia State, um, which is, is nice to have. But the problem we have is that we don't have transportation. So a lot of these kids end up having to walk, uh, hitchhike a ride, or you have kids, you know, getting together, you know, four or five kids in one vehicle at one time to try to get over to practice. So one of the biggest things I've been trying to do is make sure we have a facility on campus because we're one of the only counties that do not have a full service track in the county so even though we can practice at columbia state i can't do pole vault i can't do discus so um i have to make shift a lot of those things or just not do those events um which leaves kids out that could be exposed to something they could be great to so the biggest thing has been trying to get a full service track in the county um so that's been under works whether we can get it on the campus or utilizing uh we've even talked about utilizing murray county park but being able to have that and making sure we have appropriate transportation so our kids can get exposed to this sport because it is it's the biggest sport in the country for girls and number two for boys so and our kids are missing out on just the fundamentals of running and jumping so i i just been able to be creative i think being a personal trainer and and uh, being able to train athletes I, I can be creative and work in any environment but that's that doesn't go with every coach in the area. And so, and we can really help these kids and expose them so much more if we have the appropriate facilities. So changing rooms, uh, locker rooms, restrooms, you know, none of that stuff we have access to. So we're just kind of out on the island, but the kids work hard. They have a different grit because of it, I feel like. So they're very determined. Um, and so I, I, I like that aspect of it, but overall, we need to give them full service facilities because it's time. We're, we're well overdue for it. Certainly, no doubt there. Dallas, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We uh, hope that maybe we can shed some light on that situation and help you get um, get what you need. So we appreciate your time and uh, look forward to seeing you at Spring Fling. Thank you very much. If I can say one last thing. Sure. Uh, Lillian will compete on May 20th for the pentathlon. And right now she's seated fifth in the state. So she's one of the top five. Looks like she'll make podium. So I want to get as many people out at Austin P to see her compete. We can have a young lady that wins state in the pentathlon. So she would be the greatest female athlete in large schools uh, in Middle Tennessee. So I thought that would be pretty cool um, if we can get as many people out in the community to support her. And then, of course, on May 27th to support Kyla 
and Roni and Lillian at Rockville High School. Yeah, absolutely. So May, May 20th, so that's a week from today. Mm-hmm. That's a week from today, yes, sir. Okay. All right. Well, good luck to you all, and we appreciate you visiting with us here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, and we will be keeping up. All right. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. All right, that's Dallas Steele on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, with recaps from last night's high school sports action and some hardware. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Here's Mo and Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia, Tennessee. We have some hardware to give out. So we're going to do that as we neglected to do so yesterday. Coach trying to kill us this morning. Now, uh, first we're going to go with the end to win life team of the week presented by custom stone handlers right here in Columbia. And this week's team of the week, they went three and one last week. They did lose their first game, but after that three consecutive wins and followed that up on Monday with another win back-to-back wins over the team that beat them on the previous Monday. So they kind of got some... Some get-backs. Yeah, they, they got some revenge, and that is the Columbia Academy Bulldogs. So with their performance last week, they are the end-to-end life team of the week, which means our Coach's Corner Coach of the Week, Coach's Corner up in Spring Hill with some delicious burgers and food. Coach of the Week is Richie Estep. So congratulations to the Columbia Academy Bulldogs baseball team and Richie Estep for their awards this week. Our Covenant Technology Player of the Week is Zion Christian senior catcher Becca Hazard. Solid performance as Zion Christian advanced to the, what, loser's bracket? Core semifinals. Semifinals. In they were the, one um, game away. Yeah, in the Division 2A Middle Region Tournament. So congratulations to Becca Hazard Seven of the Lady Eagles. Seven at the plate. There you go. And that's uh, she was instrumental mm-hmm. in their success this season. Uh, the battery of she and Ashley Coble, Coble. Yeah. Uh, were huge for ZCA and as close as they were to advancing to that 
whatever first and second round of the state tournament that they call it. <laughs> and the Patio West Scholar Athlete of the Week, multi-sport athlete from Summit, um, right now baseball, Alex Runk. Yeah. That kid's got more honors classes than, than you can shake a stick at. Uh, so congratulations to Alex Runk. That, that, that's a very intelligent young man. That's all I'm going to say. Very intelligent. So there you go. That is our hardware for the week. Congratulations to the Yo's, to those athletes, and we'll get up some some graphics, some graphics. Up for you to show, for you to share and show off. Speaking of hardware, the um, all tournament team from the District Eleven AAA tournament um, has been announced, and there are some athletes from our coverage area obviously that are on that team along with Centennial's Nolan Wells Ravenwood's Blake Beavis um, Brentwood's Brooks <laughs> McDonough be nice um, Kyle Gaffney from Page Gio Olvera and Joseph Waters from Franklin County um, Riley Ward Dalton Groves and Seth Creasy from Dixon County in addition to those guys, Summit's Parker Dean was named All-Tournament. Spring Hill's Dawson Hargrove was named All-Tournament. Independence's Ben Cleaver, Cooper Hargrove, and Creed McClellan were named All-Tournament. And the most valuable player of the District 11A Tournament is Independence's Jack Boffman. So, you mean the kid who hit a triple, a home run, and had four ribbies yesterday? That kid? MVP? Can't imagine. Go figure, huh? <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, little added added bonus, we are scheduled to speak with Eagles coach Mike McGlory in the second segment of tomorrow's show. So um, be sure and check back in with him. He's going to tell us how you go from number six in the, re in the regular season to top of the heap in the district tournament. No doubt. Uh, more hardware. You were there with a dish some out yesterday. I was. I was. There was a little hardware handed out on the Columbia Academy campus in the final game of a <laughs> three-week ordeal. Uh, that is the Division Two A Middle Region Softball Tournament. Um, good pasture coming off of a win at Middle Tennessee. Was that at Middle Tennessee Christian? Mm. I don't know. I think, I think it so. was. I believe it was in Murfreesboro. They defeated Middle Tennessee Christian on Tuesday to finally get us to the championship game of that tournament, that tournament that started on April 27th. Seriously. Um, <laughs> Columbia Academy with a 7-1 victory. Um, Good Pastures only run coming on a six-inning leadoff home run by pinch hitter Kayla Bailey and just call her Panda <laughs> right and um, Avery Slaughter says you know I didn't realize I had a perfect game going until I gave up the home run and I thought to myself that was their first hit <laughs> so uh, she was in the zone uh, literally with 10 strikeouts and that was the only hit she allowed that was the only base runner she allowed she was one Home run away from a perfect game yesterday in Columbia Academy's 7-1 to victory. The Lady Bulldogs with 12 hits. 
Um, the only concern probably was the 14 runners that they left on base, 10 in scoring mm. position. Mm. So, but you mm. know what, though? I mean, when you can win a game at that level the way they won it and there's still room for improvement, somebody said for that. Yeah. So, and, and I think I think that's something that, that Seth Anderson will be addressing with his team as they get ready for the next step, which whatever that is. We, um, we've had a devil of a time keeping up with Division Two so, A because we just don't it, – so much of it makes no sense. So, as we have said a gazillion times, uh, that's a Nick Saban win. Mm-hmm. Where you, you win – and you can coach off and of it. You can, you can still be mad. <laughs> <laughs> You're still allowed to be mad. Yeah, Carly Quillen with a big game for the Lady Bulldogs. She was three for five with a double, three RBIs, um, out of the leadoff spot. So when you get when you're driving in three runs from the leadoff spot, that tells you that the bottom of the order is doing some damage as well. Abigail Adkins with a double, had a couple of hits as well. Interesting lineup tweak. Moving my lead to two. Mm-hmm. Hey. And she still got walked twice. Snitker-esque right there. Yeah. So. I guess do what you got to do. They I, have now won 22 straight games. And they won't play again until next Wednesday, so a week <laughs> from yesterday. Good thing they they weren't rusty. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was not there when they had any hardware in Franklin yesterday, but um, certainly some – positives came out of the spring hill loss to franklin spring hill eliminated from the district 11 AAA softball tournament and gave up two runs in two days the problem was they scored zero runs in two days yeah that's that's tough yeah uh cat carter 22 strikeouts in nine and two-thirds innings and got the ground ball to third base would have gotten him out of the inning. And, and taken it to the 11th. And taken it to the 11th, but instead uh, an errant throw allowed a base runner to score for Franklin, and they win the game, ending a fantastic career by both Cat Carter and center fielder Denasia Wade. Both those seniors had a lot to say after the game. I thought, I thought one of the coolest things that Angelina Martinez told me is what – Former head coach, now assistant coach Gary Caperton said, it means something different now to be a Lady Raider. And it's when I asked Denasia and Kat about that specifically, how, you know, the last couple of years in the tournament, it was like, it's, it wasn't if, but when they were going to lose. And this year they really felt like they had a chance to win up to the championship. I mean, they had an opportunity to win the District 11 AAA championship. You know, I talked to Angelina Martinez after that one nothing loss to Summit on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I asked her, okay, so, so who do you play next? She said, I have no idea. I had not looked at the loser's bracket. I had no intention of being in it. Mm. <laughs> and that's the difference. <laughs> that's, that's called changing the culture, and they have done that. Yeah. So, well done. Unfortunate that, uh, that they fail yesterday yeah, unfortunate the way it happened i mean like you said you you give up two runs in one two hit. tournament games and you lose both those games i mean that's she had a no hitter going to the seventh gave up a single and that was the only hit she gave up the entire day Man, that's tough mm. lincoln county 
in baseball action defeated Lawrence County, as we told you earlier. Uh, Grant James had the lone Wildcats RBI. Luke Nichols uh, and James had the only two hits. Summertown and Loretto both ran out of arms. Um, it was just Loretto who got the five runs in the seventh to, to win that one. Caden Porter had a three-run homer in the fourth. Uh, Drake Blackwood had a pair of home runs. <laughs> uh, Grant Burleson had a home run in the sixth. He tied the game at nine. Um, Garrett Fisher had four RBIs for Loretto. And again, um, Independence with that 18-4 to championship game victory over Dixon County after Dixon County advanced into the championship with a win over Franklin in the loser's bracket finals. Summit will play for a District 11 AAA's championship, and they have scored two runs in two days. They win one to nothing again last night in nine innings. Uh, Dixie Corbin singled home uh, Hannah Sunberg's courtesy runner, Jay, uh Pittman, I'm not sure what her name is. Uh, <laughs> it's not available. But Hannah Sundberg doubled, and then uh, Pittman scored on Dixie Corbin's single. So that puts the Lady Spartan or the Spartan women in the championship. There we go. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one. When we return, we'll talk uh, Braves, Sounds. We'll talk to Dewan Brazelton and, of course, the Titans NFL schedule, all of that coming up in the second hour. So stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back from the Lee Company Studio. Mm-hmm. 